0: And Lorraine, welcome to our podcast, Two Yoke Girls, where we sit around and talk about, well, gosh, just about everything. Yeah. (laughs) All the things that we think can be relatable in terms of yoga and meditation and living life, um, which we believe are all tools for helping us live kind of a better, more balanced life. And today we're talking about quitting. And I love, I love this because, so I think our listeners, whoever they are, please like us, share us, (laughs) rate (laughs) the podcast. Yes, Yes, rate the podcast. Great, yeah. Yes. Um, I think we'll be interested in this because we just recently closed what was our third studio, um, and it's so funny people's reactions to it, um. Because you've, by the time, by the time you've announced that you're closing, you've wrapped your head around it. Right. Um, but they're just learning about it for the first time. And so they're curious about it and they also have their reactions. And the two reactions I get are like, people just totally avoid it with me. Like I might be upset about it. So they don't talk to me about it or, um, they're, they ask about it and they th- feel like it's like, oh, so sad. Like this, oh, what happened? You know, this is a sad thing. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I find it it's funny. I once had a friend who said, um, told me that she was getting a divorce and I hadn't seen her in a while. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, no, no. It's a great thing. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy about it. It, you know, we figured it out. It's over. Like the hard part is over now. We're, you know, moving on to greater things for us. And I was like, oh, right. So it's not like, a, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, okay. Balance. Good. Great. Yeah. Maybe. What's next? Sort of, yeah. What's yeah. next? Yes. That's it. Um, so we've been then thinking a lot about quitting and when is the appropriate time to quit? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that we're recording this
1: during fall. I think it really is a season of that letting go, that natural progression of something growing, learning from it, enjoying it, and then knowing when it's time to let that go. And I think we're really in a season of that. And it feels so much easier to think about it as a process. Like quitting has gotten this like, oh, we never quit. Mm -hmm. Um, Winners never quit, you know. So if winners don't quit, then so you must It must feel like a big loss. You're kind of in a state of being a loser. And I think the truth really is, is like you got to know when to fold them, especially as a business owner, especially these days. You better be really good at looking at things, not from that place of, oh, we never quit and we push through until we're dead (laughs) because you will be dead sooner than you want to be if that's the attitude. And I think letting something go is really a mindset of looking at the big picture. Mm having enough perspective and giving yourself room to really grow from the lessons that you've gotten. And then knowing when to fold them, knowing when, oh God, this is not adding in whatever way we want it to, to what we're doing. It's actually detracting and the energy is draining and it's going to shrivel and die in an ugly way instead of that beautiful process of like, I'm going to let it go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I think there's a little bit of our generation there. So our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. And I'm right on the cusp of uh, what's a millennial? What's above a millennial? I think a Gen
1: X, Gen Z maybe. I can't remember. It might they're be Gen. They're under. They're under us? Gen Zs are under millennials, right? Okay. So then I think it's Gen X. Yes. Gen okay. X and then millennial.
0: Yeah. So you're solidly Gen X, I think. I think so. Yeah. I'm cuspy millennial and yeah. Gen X, um, but kind of uh, feel more Gen Xy. I think most of the time. Anyways, it, there's this element like when when I was young and did gymnastics, I can remember. I can remember there being this story of this girl doing the her Floratine, and her period was dripping down her legs. But you don't quit she finished, like didn't matter in front of the whole school. Like she was (laughs) doing her high school routine and she kept going. And that was the mentality in gymnastics, especially like you just keep going. And so much of our lives, I, I feel like millennials might have a little bit better perspective on kind of knowing when to fold them or like,
1: I think you're right. In the parents' generation, whatever was passed down to you or whatever influences, I often think of coaches and parents as our bigger voices in life. I've played sports too. And so some of those voices are in there. older siblings, their voices are in there. And I think millennials' parents were softer in that way of like, oh, it's okay, honey. You don't have to play if it's going to make you sad. Everybody's going to get a trophy. Those things, I think- were part of millennials childhood. Whereas I was raised by baby boomers, essentially. And they were much more like, tough it out. Stop crying. Let's go. There wasn't like a, oh, why are you crying again? Let's be soft in this moment. It's like, we're going to be late. You're dragging the whole ship down and we're going to sink if it's up to you. So let's
0: go. (laughs) Yeah. And I think about it with my kids. Like, with, um, one of them plays soccer and he's played soccer for a year and he doesn't like it. Um, and I can see it's a club and it's very serious and the coaching is very good. Um, it's very detail oriented and I can see why the skills he's learning are really good for him. But at the same time, I can also see his confidence starting to waver and his enjoyment or love for being out there is like almost totally gone. And so like, when then as a parent, do you say like, here's the line and, um, you know, and we can quit. Mm. It, it's so hard to, 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 especially when you think about like, you're teaching them what is their line for quitting. Mm. Um, and I think, I like to think about it in terms of like, it's a, it's a little bit of a process. Like it shouldn't happen in one, in one moment, like, right. He doesn't want to go to soccer on Monday night and he's feeling lazy and angry. He has to go. That's not the time you quit. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. But, um, so it should never kind of be done in an emotional huff Mm -hmm. because we know that when, you're in a heightened state of emotion, right? You're not thinking clearly. Right. Um, And, but also, you know, like not undervaluing your gut intuition, because I think I felt about Burlington in my gut, um, you know, almost from the beginning that it was going to be a hard uphill battle. Um, since we had just kind of opened Uber in a year earlier, we're still crawling out of COVID, but it wasn't, you know, you're not at a place, you shouldn't make those big decisions just from your gut. You should also use your head and, and then kind of, you have to use both. Right. Yeah. In over time, I think that it can't just happen quickly.
1: I love that you brought it back to the business because I think that's an easier place to see where Quitting or pivoting or changing can feel like it makes sense to do that from a really rational perspective. Running a business, it feels like it's easier to use your head rather than your heart, even though heart is part of it. I think there's a really clear sense of like business plan and metrics in a business. Whereas Mm. with kids, it's harder to find that place. Like, what's the metric of him growing and changing? You know, like you're just watching your kid and it comes from a really deep heart place. And I think it's nice that there are seasons for certain activities too. Like there's a nice break point, like we committed, we'll see it through to the end and mm-hmm. then maybe we can change. And I think in business too, there are quarters, you know, it's structured, there are natural breaking points where you can stop and pause. You got to do the books. You got to look back. Each cycle, there's a payroll to look at and figure out, is this working here? Like it's been it's been two weeks, it's been a month, it's been three months. And so I think that that's where it's easy to have a place where this feels funny in my gut, looking at the numbers, this feels funny from a metric standpoint. And then I know it's gonna feel like a little bit of heartbreak, but the smart business decision would be this.
0: Yeah, but then it's like, okay, so then why... Like, I think I knew in July mm. or maybe June, like, okay, this, and it was always designed as a pop-up anyways, if, if yep. just a little bit of that, that backstory is that the, the landlord was like, listen, just come in and try it. Like do, you know, it was a deal we couldn't refuse essentially. Key ready. Like yes. somebody should, if somebody's going
1: to be in there, let it be us.
0: Yes. It was so worth the try. Right. Mm. But, but we had kind of always known we were walking into it um, I don't know, with, with stretched capacity already. And not with
1: roots. Like it wasn't like, all right, I'm going to put my roots here. It's like, let's just go into it a little lighter. Like it was more air energy versus earth energy. It's like, oh, who, who knows what'll happen?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's give it a shot. I feel like it's like a shot. Um, and so like I knew analytically and in my gut, you know, after a couple months it's probably not going to have legs, but why does it take so long? And maybe it's not for everybody. I can get into my head and be indecisive, especially when I'm not perfectly balanced out energy. Um, But I think the reason, most of the reason is because you don't know what's, you're always like, but what could be next? Maybe it could do this, or maybe it could do that. Or if I close it, what if this happens? Or we'll go back to Louie. Like if it's a Monday night and you're like,
1: uh, it's not working, he's going to miss all the lessons that'll come from the other practices, the games, the supporting your teammates, the other nuances of actually being on a team Mm -hmm. and same as a business. Like if we close, as soon as it feels like something's not working, like, oh, teacher didn't show up. I'm shutting the doors. Forget it. This is too much. You miss all the other Mm -hmm. lessons. And when we think about our staff, there's a time frame that they've also committed. And so we would cut off their paychecks. And there's just this web of interconnection that's really interesting when it comes to lessons. And so, yes, your gut may say something, your head may say something. It may be easier to make the decision right away, but just like you said, it's not gonna come from that place of like, forget it, we're done here. Yes. Goodbye, next. Because there's so many little lessons along the way that come from just giving it a full shot.
0: Yeah. Talk a little bit about what we talked about before in terms of like um, your fight or flight taking over that oh. sense, that sense that like, I'm done. What, yes. Where does that come from? What is that? That's why really, is it not?
1: Yeah, that's a good, good question. Way to decide? I think when things get really emotional, you can feel it and it does create this quick switch. And what you're doing is switching into the most primitive part of your brain. You start to feel afraid, perhaps, or Something doesn't feel right, angry, scared. Yes. All the, all those quick sort of powerful emotions. There's stuff going on in your brain to filter through your emotions. You'll switch from your prefrontal cortex where you make rational decisions into your amygdala, which is that ancient part of your brain that's triggered whenever there's a subtle threat, um, And so something happens and you feel it. You go to that place that wants things to be black and white so that you can quickly make a decision to Mm -hmm. save yourself. So you hear something that startles you. Primitively, it used to be some physical attack you had to run fast. No, no, like, oh, should I run? Is that a tiger? Is it my husband? You know, who is that? You're just going. And <laughs> yeah. so that's still there.
0: Is that a tiger or my husband? <laughs> yeah, right. Is that, is that
1: someone bringing food or somebody about to eat me as food? So anyway, I think that it's, it's so useful But in a decision-making process or in an argument, it'll switch you to all or nothing, black or white. Like, you never do this. It always feels awful. And so that's when you're having a conversation with somebody and you start to hear always and never, even if it's with your kids, I never am happy at school. I always feel sad at recess. Really? Because I know that it's probably not always. And so that's where you take a second to get back into that prefrontal cortex. Or when you're having a conversation, it's easy to say, oh, I can see that this is something that's really charged. And I don't think you're speaking from that whole place that's considering all the things you actually want or all the things you actually feel. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutes are a a key um, notice point. Yeah. That, that, that you're, but, but that's not to dismiss the emotion, like the gut reaction, the, whatever it is. I think those are, like you said, like those strong emotions, they're powerful. Your gut typically knows before your head. So I don't dismiss them, but I also don't make big decisions off of them immediately.
1: And I don't always believe the always, the never.
0: Yes. Right. Exactly. Especially if you're in that space of this is black or white because nothing's black or white. I think the practice, the yoga practice, the meditation practice, the life practice is to get better at living in the gray, in Mm. the unknown, in the not, you know, the not, um, the, the little bit messy, I guess.
1: And I think the better you get at down-regulating, like moving away from always never, moving away from being upregulated completely, you, you're better at making quick decisions, not from fight or flight. Like it allows you to actually react when it's important mm. so that you're not only in that heightened state and quick to fly off the handle, quick to yell, quick to do. So when you calm down, when it's necessary, and not just that your kids were annoying you, but they're running into traffic, you're going to be really good at like, hey, stop, yeah. right? instead of like them always hearing you yell. And so they're running into traffic. That's my mom. She's always yelling. But if you're not somebody who's always yelling, they'll hear you when it really matters. And I think that's how it works with that fight or flight system. Your body's good at reacting when it needs to. And it's not worn out and always running. Yeah, I love that. Like
0: that's anxiety, right? It's this slightly heightened nervous system, this Mm. slightly heightened um, upregulation where, and your body's not meant to be the, it's meant to to be in a balanced state, right. Where there's not, um, you're not sluggish, but you're not, you're not anxious or upregulated. You're kind of, you're just, you just be right. And that's hard to know. Like, when am I just being, Mm. um, just me. But a lot of those times, um, I think it's a good indicator that you, you know, if you, are. Yeah, l- l- what you just said, essentially, is if you're quick to fly off the handle mm. right over something small, whereas your body, if you're feeling like that kind of emergency mm. fight or flight in smaller situations, like what is that little bit of heightened state mm. that you're in that you can't get out of?
1: Yes. And I think it's that idea that stress isn't bad it's going to get you out of bed in the morning. It's going to get you to complete a project. It's going to get you to keep going. You're a little stressed, which is actually good for you to do the things that need doing. It's when it's too much and all the time that there's no room to to know. Yeah, exactly. There's no room to know whether something needs your direct attention or there's just this anxiety about life and everything feels like, I, I don't know, what to do with the stress. Cause it's just always a constant. So yeah.
0: How can you feel your gut intuition when your gut's just constantly talking to you?
1: Right. <laughs> when they, the alarm bells are so loud that, and it's what you said about regulating nervous system. The alarm bells are all the time. So you just kind of shut down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but, well, I'll pull it back to quitting before we wrap up because yeah. um, we have to wrap up. But, um, I, I think too, like, it's funny because once you hear most people come to terms with quitting, it's mm-hmm. not about quitting, right? right? It's the process before when you're trying to figure out the next step that is so painful for people. So that's the place and where you you know you want to give yourself more grace or you want to try to um, understand it from both the analytical or the um, emotional side of things. And then to just understand that like nothing, that was the other thing, like nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. So even if this chapter closes, um, there can always be another chapter. And typically people say like, once they finally make the move, everything shifts. And that is Mm -hmm. so true. And Mm -hmm. I felt that with, with LPY, like immediately it was crazy, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a culmination of a bunch of things, but like things shifted just immediately, like numbers started feeling better, like the cohesiveness of the group started feeling better. Um, And I think typically that's kind of what happens. Things shift in a way that you can't predict, but almost always with a little bit of lightness, I think.
1: I agree. I think when you decide to end, there is that boost of like, phew, it's like the exhale. And Mm -hmm. I've started saying at the end of class, yoga marks an ending, like there's Mm -hmm. that deliberate ending so that we get more comfortable with closure, with that actual letting something go, with release, with an end so that you actually feel, oh, this is what it feels like in my body for something to be complete. And then look, I'm getting up and there's something brand new right in front of me. The Mm -hmm. end doesn't have to be this final, scary, terrifying event. It's just, it's pretty natural. And so that's what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah. And we have been contemplating talking about death on the podcast for a while. It's a, it's a topic that Lorraine and I are really super interested in and love to talk about personally so this is a great segue into holding us to the fire that we might yes we'll
1: talk about the ultimate ending (laughs) yes buddhists are really comfortable with it this idea that death inspires you to live which i love that duality So in any case, listen for that. We've talked about fun. There was a day, should we talk about fun or should we talk about death? The answer was clear. So go back and listen to fun. Um, But have a good everything. Jill, this was really fun. Thank you. Yay, see you soon. I'll play us out. This is our guy, Mike Borgonzano, who should teach more classes at LPY. because Mike. He's fantastic. He's a teacher. And he's somebody that you should learn from. We're going to have him on the podcast too. So maybe he's listening and this is another teaser to keep tuning in. Be well. We'll see you later. Bye.